Hello, everybody, and welcome to this week's episode of RealCom Live. Um, it's going to be a fun show. Um, today, we're not going to be talking about technology um, or buildings. We're going to be talking about people. And after all, without the people, none of these innovations that we've been talking about for over 20 years will happen. It needs uh, a driver. It needs a visionary. It needs somebody who's passionate um, to take the reins and try to change a 100-plus-year-old industry uh, and try to move it in another direction. So this will be the 23rd annual Digi Awards that we'll be giving out at the conference next week. And I think uh, the email went out yesterday announcing all of the um, uh, nominees. So we're excited about that. Um, but uh, this show is going to focus on the highest award that we give out, which is the Lifetime Achievement Award. Uh, why don't we bring that uh, slide up? So in 2020, on our 20 um, year anniversary, um, we decided to start this Lifetime Achievement Award. And boy, it was a difficult um, process. We had to come up with a criteria. The criteria was this can't be somebody who's just in the industry for a few years. We need a number. So they needed to be in the industry for 20 years. They needed to demonstrate risk-taking, meaning failing multiple times uh, before they achieve success. And then they also needed to show uh, that they demonstrated a willingness to share their knowledge. Because as you all know, there's some people who have success, kind of keep it to themselves, you never hear from them, not these folks. <clears throat> so here we are on the stage in Las Vegas, and I consider most of these people my friends. And we are very fortunate today to have three of these folks with us, um, Don Goldstein, Morn Ehrenberg, and Ted Malucci. So why don't we bring these folks on and have, uh, have what I hope is gonna be a great conversation. Hello everybody, how are you? Great. great. Hey, Jim. Yeah, it you. seems like yesterday when you were all on that stage, um, you know, and I remember, you know, when we finally decided to do this and and also the process to pick the winners. Right. And and for those of you who know us, we're not political. We don't just go for the big brand names. We don't do things because, you know, we're paying back favors. I think after 23 years, we can honestly say we base all of our decisions on true credentials true experience and true contribution, right? So let's do this. Um, each of your journeys are phenomenal, okay? I, I know them, but our audience may not. So let's take 90 seconds or so. We'll start with Don. Give everybody your real estate technology journey. We'll go to Maureen and then wrap with Ted, and then we're going to get right into the conversation of the awards. Sure. Thanks, Jim. And uh, first of all, I just want to say, Jim, I do consider you a good friend and uh, and it's just been quite a journey. I think my whole real estate technology journey really parallels with Realcom. Uh, from the first Thank time you. I met you at Trammell Crow Institute, uh, when I joined Trammell Crow Company in 1999, and then became uh, their chief information officer. Um, I was already embedded in Realcom with you and saw your vision and loved what you were doing. So uh, this is just, you know, part of my journey. This isn't a thank Real Jim episode. This is a thank you episode, <laughs> but I do appreciate it. So, uh, and, and I'm humbled by this, but by, by that, I was humbled by that award. Uh, and the way, the way my career uh, trajectory was when CBRE acquired Trammell Crow Company in 2006, I came over as their chief information officer. Um, a couple of years after that, met Maureen when she joined CBRE. And 
during that time, if you remember, Jim, I, I pushed you a bit. Uh, I said, you know, we got to get more corporate real estate people into the real com world. So you started Cortec, right? Um, I co-chaired Realcom in 2012, I believe, with Jim Whalen at Boston Properties. And then uh, you, you also partnered with me uh, at, at CBRE with a company that CBRE wound up acquiring uh, and, and still is, is a key part of that company today. But then I made uh, the move from CIO to Chief Information Security Officer in uh, 2013, and I remained in that role for five years. And then my cash passion became cyber. And then I pushed you again and said, Jim, we have to start focusing on cyber. So you started the pre-conference um, cyber security. I remember you chasing me around. In a back room, right? <laughs> uh, sequestered in a clandestine location um, so that nobody would know what we were doing and talking about. And since then now we have the rec. Yep. And, and so now it's become a staple of the pre-conference at Realcom. So you've always been pushing the envelope. I'd like to think that I helped you push the envelope a little bit along the way and that we partnered to do that. So um, we were the we were the building or are the building. You guys are what make it work, right? We're, we just try to facilitate the relationships and the conversations, but but it's it's people like all three of you that pushed us, gave suggestions. We're on airplanes. I mean, I can't tell you the time, you know, that I'm sure we passed each other in airports because, you know, our careers were basically flying all over the world. Maureen, you just said you were you know, flying all over the world still um, to keep this message and this and this passion going. So, all right, let's move to Maureen. Maureen, your story. Um, and Don, thank you for that. I appreciate that. Yeah. Um Jim, I spent the first half of my career working mostly in the investor side. Uh, so I had worked with um, Equity Office and the Prudential, Robin Ellis, and uh, really all of that was, while there's a lot of tech involved, it was very much investment uh, real estate. And then pivoted to so the second half of my career, my primary focus has been in the corporate and workplace side. So I worked, as Don mentioned, with CBRE, JLL, WeWork, uh, running global operations at CB and JLL, running their global facility management, and then all the engineering and the, the areas underneath that. I'm currently um, uh, with Blue Scar Colliers. So doing the same, focusing on that end user, but really what's happening, and the reason I'm just um, so passionate about this space is that what we saw happening in the first part of my career on the investor side was this need to close the gap between the occupier and the investor. And I think it probably in many ways due to the pandemic, due to a lot of the change that's happened in digitization and the acceleration that's occurred. And then with ESG coming in, those conversations are getting better and better because the needs are, are far more similar. So um, it's been an interesting journey. I'm um, just very excited about the future though for, for real estate. Well, and, and you know, not only do I feel like you met every one of the criteria for the Lifetime Achievement Award, but we also have to take note of the fact that you're a, you're a female in a predominantly male industry, right? And so for any young women who watch this, uh, if there's a role model you want to tie on to, it's Maureen Ehrenberg. Um, you know, and, and I, we never thought of you, you know, 
just as a female, at least I thought of you as just this crazy, great professional who happens wow. to be female. Um, but, but there is, you know, a lot of, you know, or, you know, desire for diversity now, which I totally understand, but our industry historically has been male dominated. And to see somebody like you rise, well, you weren't just with those great big companies, you were senior level and still are. And so I think that's a testimony to your drive and, and your ability to deal with goofballs like us. <laughs> no, it's, you know, it's been really, um, I will say, I, I agree with Don. I, you know, I met you many years ago with BOMA yep. and your ties between Irem and BOMA on the investor side and what you were doing there. And then also then you uh, working really pretty tirelessly with many of us who were pushing some of the early advantages that we had learned on the investor side, bringing it into the corporate yep. space but then watching how quickly that corporate space evolved over the past 20 years has been incredible. It's, I, in some respects, I think it's leading the way now. I mean, I mean, on our opening session stage this year, we'll have Google and Microsoft and boy, the pace they're moving at uh, because they're you know single tenant in essence and the decision-making is a little bit easier. Um, I, think, I think for the next few years, we may see that, especially in the smart building space that they take the lead. Oh. Yeah. What a crazy ride it's been though, because early on, so when I was at Pru, many of the uh, clients we got were actually corporations because they had such large trophy assets. And yet there was no tech outside of some very, uh, very scaled down when you think of IWMS. And so all the best practices were bringing those property management tools, those investor tools in. So you're right, what a what a change, What's it's a paradigm shift. Yeah. Well, it's funny you should say paradigm shift. You just read my mind because our opening session is going to, the theme of the opening session is there are six paradigm shifts now all colliding at the same time. Tech, biological, ESG, globalization, um, uh, demographics, and forget uh, financial. Tech is in the middle of all of them. And all of these influences are changing the way we built and use buildings for a hundred years. And we don't come out of this pandemic the same. There is no going back to that old normal. Okay, and whether people four million people quit in August because uh, they just are done working or they didn't want to go back to the office for whatever reason, I think I think we're in for some wild big changes. Um, and and some people I don't think see that or believe that. You always did. This group always did, and you were always the forefront saying, "Pay attention, pay attention." Right. All right, Ted, Toronto, California. The innovator, I think, who has put more influence on that region, Canada in general. Um, tell us your story. It goes way back. It sounds like my life story. I guess it is. In high school, I wrote a bunch of software programs. I volunteered my time to teach mentally challenged kids. One of the student uh, parents at the school saw I did this, was friends with the largest real estate developer in Toronto and said, hire that kid when he comes out of school. Graduate with an engineering degree. They want me to learn the business from the ground up. They make me a construction super. Didn't realize it, loved building buildings, construction was in my heart. And then I started writing software programs as I was building buildings, wrote scheduling systems, deficiency systems. Then they owned so many different divisions. I got to write software for energy management companies, property management companies, all the way through to legal closing system. So, and then I guess the fun part in that was when I started all that, there was no such thing as a CIO. <laughs> so I became a CIO along the way in that. And like the fun short funny story of that was you know we're at a family event and my brother goes mom's really proud of ted but doesn't know what he does 
I think that was kind of what the reality was. Real um, estate technology? What? <laughs> yeah, yeah. And then uh, I, it was Realcom that influenced me. I saw the first smart building. This felt like destiny. I was like, I write software for all these systems. Nobody else would have had that experience. I'm a CIO. I understand networks. And it was like, I want to make a smart building. Eventually convinced my previous company to do that. And we've created that movement in Toronto where there's a smart building concept. So yeah. got them to do the first smart building, left and became an entrepreneur, which was really tough to go from a CIO, only job I ever had to all of a sudden becoming a startup entrepreneur. And it's been a blessing. A great team of people came around me and we've got an amazing company and we're just, we're really- You, have, you have knocked it out of the park, over the fence into the grocery store three blocks down. Yeah. Now that you've, and that's part of the, the uh, Lifetime Achievement Award criteria. You're a risk taker. 30 years of a career and you're ready, you stop it and you take a whole new endeavor because you think it can move faster and, and you've had great success. And P.S., you won't say it, but you know, if you go flying to Toronto and you're looking at that skyline, um, you know, as you're coming into the airport, 20%, I don't know what the number is, but there's a good chance that many of the buildings that you look at as you're landing I've got Ted's DNA in it, and they just not regular buildings. They his, his whole career, he tried to push them to a new level of innovation. And I think for a while, uh, and maybe even a little bit today, Toronto is still globally one of the cities who takes this a little more serious than most. You know, and I think you had a part of it. I really do. So um, let's take a brief break. And when we come back, we're going to talk about uh, the awards, how important they are, and then a little bit about um, uh, the younger generation and, and how we might be able to transfer some of this knowledge. So let's hear from one of our sponsors. All right, let's bring back our guests and continue this great conversation. All right, so um, one of the things, the reason we started these awards uh, literally 23 years ago was because in a real estate organization, um, a lot of people got awards, you know, most leasing, highest number of transactions, best, property manager. I mean, Boma has been given the, you know, the, the uh, Bomi awards. Uh, what's their, um, the name of their award? Is it the Bomi? Yeah. The Bomi awards. Mm -hmm. Bomi awards. Yeah. So, you know, and here was these real estate techs, CIO, technical folks, you know, making a lot of things happen, but nobody was acknowledging them. And that I think was the foundation why we wanted to start acknowledging them. And, you know, the awards break down, we start with Realcom, so we had best use of automation for commercial real estate and, and industrial and retail. Those are companies who use technology. And then, um, uh, you know, in their operation site. And then when IBCon came around, we started focusing on the smart building, you know, the most intelligent office building, the most intelligent mall. And then the whole time we recognized people for um, the people side of it. And that was the digital impact award. That's the person who made a difference. And, we renamed that award about five years ago after we lost Julie Devine um, suddenly. And so we added you know, the Julie Devine Digital Impact Award, giving it a little bit extra. And then we came to the Lifetime Achievement Award, which is the highest. So Don, why is it important to acknowledge people um, that sometimes don't you know, have the attention paid to them that they should? Wow, I, I, I just think that, you know, an award, uh, and, and something like this with the lifetime achievement and, you know, having, having gotten the digital impact award as well, it just reinforces the fact that, um, we can all make a difference in this industry, um, that we can think bigger, that we can think really beyond ourselves and what we can give to the industry. 
and and that's kind of been a guiding light for me and and now that i've 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 had my own company the last couple of years and have the opportunity to hire people and get them passionate about making a difference in this industry in different ways um and, and serving the industry look jim we know commercial real estate, just look at the United States. It's a trillion dollar industry. Maybe a trillion dollars doesn't mean as much anymore as it used to, but it, it is a huge industry um, in this country. And, and so the recognition just reinforces the fact that there's so much that people can give and be recognized for that and then continue to give. And it can be a lifetime. It, it doesn't well, happen. Well, yeah, it is a lifetime because if not, as I look at all three of you, you started or you know worked in the largest organizations in the world at senior level positions. And at a point when you could, I kind of could have said, well, I think I'm done. I'm going to go relax a little bit. You go and start companies. <laughs> I and think it's, all it's of you. Great. And again, because I think, again, it's thinking bigger. We can have a real impact. And I love the fact that it's called the Digital Impact Award because that is really what it, what it is. It yeah. is the impact that we can each have um, in this industry. Whether you get the award or don't get the award, the point is you are recognized for that. Um, well, and, it, and, it, and it, so. is, it is fun looking back at some of the early winners, you know, those people that you've never heard of, Andy Florence, and Dennis DeAndre, LoopNet. I mean, our, our track record has really been pretty good <laughs> as far as, as identifying those people. You know, in the early days, we didn't really know them that well. But history has shown that they turned out to be true impact yeah, and, and really have a major. Um, Ted, how about you? I mean, the real estate tech industry doesn't get, I don't think, the attention it deserves for the impact that it does have on the built environment. What does that, uh, that lifetime achievement mean, not necessarily for you, but for those who may get it in the future? I think the biggest thing is when you're working in a company, the interest or goal of that company is a certain thing. And all of us here aren't about necessarily that. We want to do good things for our companies. We're trying to do something bigger. We're trying to change or shift an entire industry. That doesn't necessarily align with the other. Your company is not going to be happy that you're out there being a trailblazer and out there trying to push and force and make a change happen. And when you're in the middle of that, I mean, I, the thing is, I always speak when I speak to students and things, I go, it sounds glamorous. It's like the amazing movie. The person's running and they're fighting and it's, terrible and they fight the fool but when you're in the middle of it it sucks right like it is so, so when you guys do things like this it's like you know you stand up on the stage i mean i was honestly like wow like you know it gives you that boost it's like you're running the marathon and you're tapping out at you know mile 17 and someone hands you the bottle of water we shouldn't need yeah. that we shouldn't need that but it's still nice to get it and it still gives you that boost again this is like the goals that we have are not necessarily these monetary goals of trying to boost profit for something. We're trying to change an industry. And I think to do that, and I think that's what this is about. This is bigger than companies. This is about let's get together and do something outside of that. So this recognition is just, you know, fuel to keep people going. Yeah, that, that's actually a good analogy because we've had the same thing where, you know, we're like running on fumes, like nobody's getting this. This is going to a smart building you know, back in 2003, right? Who the heck is talking about that? And then all of a sudden, um, you know, we get CBRE coming in and saying, hey, we believe in this. Or Microsoft saying, we believe in this, GSA, PBS. And I told those folks, you're the Calvary right at the right time because we were ready to like wave the white flag, 
you know, and they came in and helped us at the right time. So it is a it's a bi-directional relationship um, that we've had with the industry, you know, because uh, it has really been a fight together. And that's what makes it worthwhile. So, Maureen, how about you? Uh, being one of the two women who have won so far, uh, what do you what do you tell to the females out there who who are passionate about this? Well, yeah, I think a little bit about the Impact Award and um, some of the comments you make about the fact that um, most of us have, you know, kind of deep scars uh, on our backs for some of the stuff that we've done or had to push for. And I've given a lot of thought um, as the others were speaking, so I think I'm lucky I, I went last here. But um, what I would say is that at the very beginning of this journey where we've, you know, we've we started out many of us with very little um, access to tech. And if you think about most of our careers, I can tell you I've benefited from, you know, these big bets, you know, kind of swinging uh, for the rafters on some of these deals that I've pursued in my career were very much based on a tech approach. And they might've been nascent, but it was solving for a problem and creating value through the use of tech. And early on, it was, like I said, nascent, but it was very effective. The difference being that back then, that was a part of the business, that was part of the toolkit, and you could either opt to use it or not. That's not the same conversation anymore. So Jim, when you started out, um, you know, you really were slaying dragons. Many of us were trying to convince our companies to invest in the software or buy everyone a laptop or everyone needs a cell phone. I mean, the, you know, these were kind of crazy conversations, but they were real. Today, it's no longer part of the business. It really is the business. We've become a digital business. And so Absolutely. that's really changed and the conversations have changed. So I think it's much more now about not how you could use it to really make a difference for your clients or your company, but doing it the right way. Because execution. the problem is it's the execution because today yeah. you're spoiled for choice. There are amazing, <laughs> incredible companies out there, but the problem is you could start solving for something before you know what problems you've got and we see a lot of people getting really deep in going a certain direction without understanding, do they have the right coverage? Do they have the right design? Have they started? So you could make some really big mistakes. And we've seen people make some really big mistakes. And they're big not mistakes. cheap, right? Big, big, expensive mistakes that people don't forget. Yeah. So what I, what I would say is, you know, you've got to still push for your vision, but make sure your vision, your approach is right. But the importance of this award means that, you know, you're getting it right. You've got a strong vision and you are having impact on the industry. Yeah, and yeah. to be recognized by your peers in a very different world today, um, for people who really strive to make a difference in the industry and excel, this is um, just such an incredible recognition. And if you look at the group of people that you're with, it, it's something that in my mind. Um, yeah, I mean, the, the faces come to me. Harry Gunasingham out of Singapore and um, uh, Jim Whalen, you know, he's been slaying dragons for his entire career. Right. Wayne Pryor, you know, I mean, just just names that you know. And so let's let's get to my last question before we run out of time. What do you say to the younger generation? And we've got to engage. I see this big chasm between different groups in the real estate technology world. There are those of you who've got the scars, who've been at this, know you don't solve this problem overnight. And then you got a whole new generation who don't even know you exist or the 30 years you put into this. And they're actually calling real estate tech, prop tech, CRE tech, whatever we want to call it, a new thing. This is the beginning. And I'm like, no, no, 
we're, we're, we're in the, you know, in the ninth inning. Okay. And, and there's another game starting tomorrow, but don't lose the insight from all these wonderful people. Don, what do you say 30 seconds to somebody starting off about grabbing hold of all this great experience? And, and I've spent a lot of my time doing that, just that advising um, young people who, who are coming into the industry and starting, starting companies, starting prop tech. And the one thing that I tell them, um, and I don't really even have to tell them, they don't come in with preconceived ideas about what it should be that they should be doing to serve this industry. They come in with a whole new energy level and, and different thinking and that we cannot stifle that. And I try to tell them, do not think that to be successful, you have to pattern yourself after what's happened in the past. Come in with your new ideas. Yes, this is not a new thing, but you're bringing new energy and ideas and bring those ideas because we need them in the industry. That's how the industry is going to get better. So I and, and they and they see that. And it's a whole different world talking to those young people coming in than the people who are, you know, more towards the retirement side. Well, we're going to have a whole bunch of those young people on our exhibit floor. So we'll be able That's to talk great. to them and, and, and hopefully we learn from them and they learn from us. Exactly. Know? Maureen, what's your sage advice? My sage advice is there are very creative people who bring very creative solutions, but have respect for what real estate is because some people think they're solving for something that's been solved 20 years ago. When I talk about real estate, there are leases, there are laws, there are, so understand the business of the business and then take your creativity and apply it to that. Don't solve for Perfect. stuff that's been solved for. Great, great advice. Ted, wrap us up. Two pieces very closely related. I guess the first is you got to commit. I hear too many people say, oh, I want to start a business while I'm working somewhere else. Doesn't work like that. You want to take the island, you burn the boats. Like you have to be all in. If you're not all in, it ain't going to happen. Amen. And I'm going to end with some profane language, which I think is really good at the certain points. And I think in this case, when I always look back on all this and I say, what does it take to make something and to make it successful? It's fucking persistence. It's with that <laughs> level of conviction, you can't give up. The reason things fail is people give up. And it sounds glamorous. And like I said earlier, it sucks when you're in the middle of it, you'll hit there, but you just can't give up. That's the number one ingredient to making yeah. anything work. Unfortunately, our technology platform isn't sophisticated enough to bleep out what Ted just said. So you get it raw and served up, but you're right. I mean, persistence, uh, resilience, our theme this year that you, know, you just, after you get knocked down, God, being in the conference business for the last two years, you talk about trying to you know, get back up, um, but we learned some new things. We took some risks and here we are. So I gotta say, I've had a lot of fun on Realcom Lives, but this has been one of my favorites uh, because the knowledge is deep, the sincerity is obvious, and you are not just great professionals, but I consider you great friends. So thank you for this time together and we will see you soon. Thanks, Thanks Jim. Jim. See, see you in there. a couple days. See you in a couple days. days. Be well. <laughs> All right, with that, let's bring on Howard Berger, who's going to bring us up to speed on the news and uh, tell us what the heck is going on in real estate technology this week. Hey, Howard. Oh, thanks. Hey, Jim. Thanks. And, and thank you, Maureen, Ted, uh, Don. I need three of our true industry pioneers who are with us today. That's a great Absolutely. show. Yep. Uh, so a couple of tidbits from our weekly news briefing. Uh, we release it every Thursday at 11 a.m. Pacific. 
Uh, so check your inboxes. Uh, so our lead story this week is from us, actually. We're going to be hosting our 23rd annual Realcom and IBCon Digi Awards. And we launched the Digis back in 1999 to recognize and honor folks like Maureen, Don, and, and Ted, uh, forward-thinking companies, next-gen real estate projects, innovative technologies, as long as those, as, as well as those outstanding leaders, the folks who've really gone above and beyond to public, positively impact our industry. And we give awards in multiple categories in both the Realcom and IBCon groups. And in this article, we are posting the three finalists in each category. The winners in each category will actually be announced at the Realcom. All right. Well, we were pretty fortunate for the last couple of months with no technical difficulties, but it uh, seems like we had one today. We just lost Howard. Um, so with that, let's uh, before I wrap the show, let's go and hear from our final sponsor. And then I will tell you what we're planning for next week in Scottsdale. All right. Thank you to all of our sponsors and our great production team for this week's episode. So next week, no Friday, no 30 minutes. Instead, we're packing up and we're moving to Phoenix, or actually Scottsdale, and we'll be setting up Realcom Live in our studio on the exhibit floor. So starting around uh, 9, 9.05 on Tuesday, um, I'm sorry, 11.05, we're going to be broadcasting live all day, hours and hours and hours of content, uh, guest speakers, we got a couple little mini sessions we'll be broadcasting from the stage and that goes all the way to Wednesday at three o'clock. So if you can, uh, if you're interested in watching, which we hope you are, you can't make it to the conference, just go to our website, realcom.com and right there on the website, you're gonna see the stream and then also a new feature that we're gonna be um, introducing our virtual marketplace, which means you are going to be able to see the vendors on the floor, click a button and go right into their booths and talk to them via video conferencing. So we're trying to continue to not just talk the talk, but walk the walk on innovation as well. So with that, I would like to say thank you to all of you. Uh, those of you who are listening are going to be there next week. Can't wait to see you in person. Uh, it's going to be a great event. And uh, with that, I sign off and I will see you next Tuesday right around 11 o'clock. Be well and have a great weekend.